Why does the University of California, Berkeley have parking spots marked NL reserved? The answer to that at the end of the show. My name's Tom Scott and this is Lateral. I've been joined by three people who we've recruited from a fertile ground for guests, a support group for procrastinators. Ready to avoid editing their next video for 45 minutes or so, we have Devin Stone from the YouTube channel Legal Eagle. Uh, happy to be here. Easy for you to say. <laughs> you try saying support group for, for see, it's impossible. <laughs> support group for procrastinators. It's impossible. How are you doing? Well, Dan? I'm I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Tom. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, also, Simone Yetch, inventor, maker. Uh, how do you describe yourself these days? Board member of the support group for procrastinators. <laughs> yeah. Also known as SFP. Sure, that works for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll see you at the meeting. <laughs> and finally, uh, booked by complete coincidence onto the same show as the person she's making a nuclear fusion reactor with, Cleo Abram. Hello. How Glad do I describe here. you? Video journalist? What's, what's the best way for someone who is literally making a fusion reactor with Simone? Video journalist, amateur, wannabe engineer. It all works. All around amazing, solid human. Well, thank you very much to all of you for being on the show. Good luck for the next uh, 40 minutes or so. Our show is like an epic quest with three intrepid adventurers trudging through uncertain terrain to find the Yeti. Uh, but the only things abominable here are the questions. So good luck. Here's the first. Michael Mannion from Staffordshire, UK, has a large illustration from Where's Waldo on his ceiling. Why? I'll say that again. Michael Mannion from Staffordshire, UK, has a large illustration of Where's Waldo on his ceiling. Why? I did deliberately translate that because uh, it's Where's Wally because he's British. But uh, we've got three. We've got three people from North America. It's it's Where's Waldo. <laughs> that did make it significantly. Well, why wouldn't you yeah. uh, put uh, Where's Waldo on the ceiling? I think that that sounds like a yeah, great because idea. that would be awesome. I, to be fair, I I should have started the question with Where's Wally and just made you all figure that one out first, like step <laughs> one of the question. You have to take a lift to his bedroom uh, where he's got, where's Wally on, on the ceiling? Because uh, he used to keep him in the boot of his car. I don't know. I'm trying to come I up with Britishism. Say, yeah. Either um, insomnia or weird fetish. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah weird fetish. I was not thinking weird fetish, but I was thinking insomnia. Like if you're lying in bed. Just an ineffective insomnia tool because your eyes are open. When when you said he took the lift, Devin, in my head there was like a scissor lift in this room that you have to take <laughs> like like up to the to the top of the Sistine Chapel or whatever it is for this enormous words. No, it, it is just a, a, an illustration that you can see kind of at at ground level at, at regular yeah. size. But wait, to so Simone... is it, it, was it in his bedroom? No, no. I okay, just said okay. ceiling. Okay. Ah. Ceiling. Oh, good. Good. Clarify and and to clarify to Simone's point, is Waldo fully clothed in this ceiling mural? <laughs> yes, and that was the most loyally phrasing of that sentence possible. <laughs> I think also it's like psych if he's not wearing his striped shirt. It's like oh, yeah, you couldn't find Waldo because he was naked. <laughs> is he Waldo anymore at that point? Who knows? <sighs> Does he need a reason, though? That is the main, my main <laughs> critique of this question, because that seems like it could just be something that you would do and you don't need a good reason for it. Coming uh, soon. Wallpaper from Yetch. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, but you'd have to you'd have to build a thing that tiled that, wouldn't you? You'd have to you'd have to make a like a looping Where's Waldo that. Well, yeah. you wouldn't have to. It would just get extremely expensive if you have to, you know, paint every single unique panel of wallpaper. This feels uh, like an AI thing. It feels like someone could make like an infinite Where's Waldo with that, but you would also have to train it to not put more Waldos elsewhere in the picture. Yeah. Is, is this guy obsessed with Waldo? Is he a collector of some kind? No, there's, there is a purpose to this. That was a question you asked a little while mm. back. Um, there is definitely a reason it's there. A non-sexual Is this reason. kind of like a Sistine Chapel situation for kids? Like, are we, is this a, a, a group environment, like a museum, or is it his personal ceiling? It's neither of those. This is at a place of work. Uh, but yes, it is, it is for, for visitors. Does he work at the company that makes Waldo? Whatever oh, company that is. Uh, not quite. Well, actually, no. I don't know why I said not quite. Not even close. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> seemed like there was something there. Um, he has experienced a life of neck problems that he wants other people to be able to relate to it. So he put this thing that people have to look up and then he's like, does your neck hurt? Yeah. Deal with it. I've had 34 <laughs> years of this. He's an eye doctor and it's a test. Oh, he's a brain oh, doctor a dentist, and it's a test. Dentist. There we go. That's it. Ah. Absolutely right, Simone. Yes, that is a, a dentist. Really? Yep. Spot on. Nicely done. It's, so you're right. People are lying down and looking up and that is a mm. distraction for them as he pokes around in their teeth. He is a dentist. Honestly, I feel like we should have gotten there earlier. <laughs> That's a, uh, Yeah. It's always worth saying the silly things out loud. Like, he's not an eye doctor. That wouldn't be on the ceiling. And then that's the clue that gets you in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. who doesn't enjoy being distracted from people working on your teeth by getting incredibly frustrated by not being able to find Waldo on the ceiling yeah. at the same time? <laughs> yeah, because he's not wearing a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, the, the dentist I went to just had a, a poster on the, on the ceiling that was, whose are these smiles? And it was like six photos of celebrities, which was vaguely interesting the very first time you go there and then it was exactly the same for many years i feel like dentist appointments would be one of the few things where i was like yeah i'd put on an oculus rift for that oh i i i'd, I'd be distracted by like being in vr you couldn't move your head around though you, you just yeah like... no that's true any like dentist and gynecologist, yeah. I would ha be happy to wear an Oculus. <laughs> Put something on the ceiling, please. Yeah, just, <laughs> I don't want to be here right now. Just, just let me escape. I mean, I feel like the solution could also just be a TV screen. But also, I'm not sure I'd want like the TV screen of Damocles mounted above my head, ready to to crash down at any moment. Right, right. So yes, Michael Mannion from Staffordshire is a dentist and has a Where's Waldo illustration on his ceiling. The next question comes from one of our guests. As always, I don't know the question. I definitely don't know the answer. Simone, we're going to start with you. What have you got? So in 1805, Francisco Goya completed the painting La Maja Vestida of a reclining young lady. The first version of the same woman painted a few years earlier had an important difference. At any one time, only one version was put on display by the original owner. Why? In 1805, Francisco Goya completed the painting La Maja Vestida of a reclining young lady. The first version of the same woman, painted a few years earlier, had an important difference. At any one time, only one version was put on display by the original owner. Why? One, one was his current wife and one was his previous wife. Or one was his <laughs> mistress. 
same and woman. And so he would only display same woman. Hmm. Yeah. I like the idea, though. It's just it's whoever's in his favour <laughs> that uh, at that moment. Um, La, La Maha Vestida. I assume that's just going to be like reclining lady, but I do not speak the language. And also, you do not speak my pronunciation of the language. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the is the style of the painting important in any way? Nah. Okay, strike it out. Is the lady clothed? I'm just curious. <laughs> um, I, there might I be something Goya, there. I feel not. like I feel like Devin would have would have phrased that in the loyally way, as opposed to <laughs> yeah. She got her clothes uh, on, or what? <laughs> <laughs> So my my initial thought was if you've got if you've got something that is switching back and forth, and maybe this is just because we're filming this like end of twenty twenty two. I was thinking like king and queen that maybe there's something in the background for whether it's it's a king or queen on the throne, and so it's it's got like I, I don't know the dates or the country, but like the the gender of the monarch change, and the painting has like king in the background they need to change it now they change it back depending on i've been rambling a long time and no one said yes so i'm just going to assume i'm wrong on this one mm-hmm. it's more of a uh from one day to another type of swap huh is it is it seasonal one is for you know the winter one is for the summertime i was trying to work out if anything changed between like 18 it's a few years early so like 1800 to 1805 what changed around then I'm sure nothing happened. But it, does it change once or does it change back and forth repeatedly? Back and forth repeatedly. Okay. Okay. So I like the king and queen thing, but if it's day to day, it's not a night and day situation, is it? They wouldn't change a painting based on that. No. I mean, no. Okay. No. It, was no. A, it was a few years apart for the painting. So the, the original lasted for a few years and then they decided to start changing it. Oh. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Actually, uh, is, it, is it's the same woman. So I'm thinking maybe it's his wife or his mistress. And in one, she's fully clothed. And in the other, she's not fully clothed, depending on whether that woman is residing in the house in which it's displayed or, or the place where it's displayed. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. it is not depending on if she is there, but rather on who is coming and how PG do you want it to be? So ah. one is of the lady fully naked. And that was the original. That was the Maha Desnuda, which is the naked woman, I think. And then they painted a second version of it where she's fully dressed and you could actually switch back and forth. And apparently in the 19th century, it was common to have clothed and nude versions of the same artwork, which could be swapped if you wish to share the blushes of any visitors. I mean, that's just the that's just the old fashioned equivalent of having an Instagram profile and a private Instagram profile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you getting friended on? Oh, it's that one. Okay, right, fine. Yeah, the the very first instance of a Finsta. (laughs) Yeah. Devin has the basket here, but I will take the layup because I asked if she was unclosed. Yeah, no, you did. And I I was like, dig further. You got it. You got it, Cleo. (laughs) Not that I'm I'm partial. But also, I kind of wish that instead of doing two different paintings, they would have just sewn her some clothes that they could hang up on (laughs) I think it would have been it would have been really easy. You just take a small black uh, piece of wood, paint it black, and then just hang it 
on the the objectionable parts of the painting. Just have the the black bar. And, and then it gets to the 20th century and you've got that sort of thermochromic paint and you just put a little heater behind it and just click the, the painting. Oh, I think that would be such a cool project, though, to like have like a, a blurred bar and you could put that over paintings. So you like could a just lenticular? Put it, yeah, and like blur different parts of it. <laughs> I feel like that would be a fun, that's like a good commentary on how we censor things and how censorships have changed throughout history. I'm going to write this down. Yeah, I think you have your next video idea. Yeah. <laughs> Self-censoring paintings. So the reason that Francisco Goya painted two versions of the same painting was because one of them was fully dressed and one of them was fully naked. And depending on who visited your house, you could swap out between the two. Back to me for the next question. Good luck, folks. In Lakehurst, New Jersey, there is a loop of yellow chain that is 72 feet long by 15 feet wide, but it should be about 11 times larger. Why is it there? One more time, in Lakehurst, New Jersey, there's a loop of yellow chain 72 feet long by 15 feet wide, but it should be about 11 times larger. Why is it there? Has anyone been to Lakehurst, New Jersey, first of all? No. <laughs> I'm sure it's beautiful. I, uh, did the lake grow? Like, so it was supposed to, and like, go around the entire lake, but then there was a, a lot of downpour and the lake grew? No. Ooh, animal welfare. There was there was some animal, and technically you need a much bigger pen for their well-being. It sounds like there's just one link of chain, It's and it's it's a yellow link of chain. So, like, a, one Oh, no, a, a, a loop of chain. Not a, not a single link, but a, a, a loop. Yes, right, right, right. Okay. But it's not like a chain link fence or something like that. No, it's just a, just a loop of chain. Is it, is it on the ground? Yes. Oh, it's on the ground. Okay, so on the ground I mean, implies not underwater and not like around a building super high in the air. Okay, so it's just lying there. I mean, given that we're talking about New Jersey, uh, my mind immediately goes to giant places of pollution, super fun sites, and that you need to cordon this area off because there's nuclear waste and they got funding and it, you know they only got enough funding for a 72 by 11 chain link. <laughs> You're, when, uh, uh, they, you're a New Yorker, right, bigger. Devin? No, no, I'm uh, I, I'm in DC. <laughs> okay, I just just wondering what the opinion of Jersey was. That's uh... <laughs> not high, not high. It's the legal policy analysis. They must have applied <laughs> for a permit and then they didn't get it. <laughs> well, wait, why would you have a chain? So it's not even like a little bit up in the air. It's just laying on the ground. Yeah, seven seventy-two feet by fifteen feet. It's not there to keep something in or out no and it's also not a circle well it's a loop not necessarily right, but it's a in a it's in a rectangle it's 72 feet by 15 feet is that what it was uh it, yeah but it's a it's a loop so i'd, I'd call it more of a, an ovalish shape <laughs> okay i mean the last time i saw a chain link on the ground was for like mountain climbing so you secure it as you go up a mountain uh i don't suppose is it a safety thing like that the the thing you've the thing you've kind of skipped over is that it should be 11 times larger roughly mm. right i wonder is there it's a, is it like a miniature of a sports field or something or or they f f f up the rules of soccer <laughs> i i don't know like 
Also, 72 by 15 is really big already, and it should be 11 it times should larger. Be 11 times larger? Yep. What is 11 times 72? Uh, roughly 800 by 160. Very roughly. So that's that's quite a bit larger than a football field. Yeah. A football field would be uh, 300 feet long. If you wanted to make this full scale, it would be utterly impractical. Oh. Is it a... Okay, so is it a miniature of something? It's a, a two-scale of something, yes. A full-size version of this would be utterly impractical. You, you're absolutely right, Devin. You said it'd be larger than a football field, and uh, yeah, it, it would be. Um, so this is, this is to scale, to commemorate something. But did they, did they, when they made this, was it the right scale? Or like, no. was it one-to-one -one with the original, but then the original grew? No, no. no. Is the color yellow important? So that uh, no, that's the... just so people don't trip over it. Oh. Okay, wait. He just said it's to commemorate something. I did. I was wondering if anyone was going to pick up on that. Oh shoot! shoot. <laughs> really? It's to commemorate something. They built a small thing to commemorate mm -hmm. a larger thing that was that about was an eight hundred by one hundred and sixty foot oval in New Jersey. Is it a submarine or a ship of some kind? Uh, oh, I, I'm, I'm smiling. Anyone who's guessed it will, will know why I'm smiling, because um, I can literally say, no, the opposite of that. <laughs> Is it a rocket? So it's probably a An rocket. Airplane? Yeah, or an airplane. Mm. What's the oh, um, opposite um, of a submarine? Uh, uh, like a Zeppelin, like a, a blimp. So why oh. would you commemorate something like that? Is it in the Jersey? Hindenburg? Yes, it is. Oh, that is the commemoration site of the Hindenburg. They built. Oh. They wanted to build a giant outline of the crash site. That is utterly impractical, just as you said, Devon. Uh, so they built one to scale, and there is a loop of chain that is one to eleven scale of a Hindenburg in a in a field in New Jersey. I am kicking myself because I actually did know. Is New Jersey responsible for the Hindenburg crash? It's where the Hindenburg crashed. I did know that, ah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cleo, you are the MVP of, of, of this so far. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, Lakehurst, New Jersey has a loop of yellow chain, 72 feet by 15 feet. Uh, it's on a concrete slab with a plaque on it. It marks the crash site of the Hindenburg. The next question comes from Devin. What have you got for us? This question is uh, is from me, actually. And, oh, uh, we've, we've, got, we, we've got someone writing their own question. This is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, so a congressman and lawyer, Clement Vallandigham, was defending Thomas McGeehan in a murder trial. Uh, McGeehan was accused of shooting a well-known tough guy, uh, Thomas Myers. Now, how did Vallandigham get his client acquitted? So the question is, uh, Congressman and lawyer Clement Vallandigham was defending Thomas McGeehan in a murder trial. McGeehan was accused of shooting a well-known tough guy, Thomas Myers, in the stomach. How did Vallandigham get his client acquitted? <laughs> We've got... <laughs> wow. Okay. Did I need to write the names down there, Devin? Should I, should, I have been, should I have been paying attention to the names that were in there? Not really. I think you just need to know that they're sort of old-timey names. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you know that... Um, this was a very unique defense. God intervened. <laughs> Something. Uh, you, you might you might say that. Oh, okay. Wow, so that's a, that's a strong start. Yeah. But also, it's not that close. <laughs> no, but it, did it have? Did the acquittal have anything to do with religion? And no. 
What, no. what year was this, did you say? Was it a natural disaster? Uh, it was not, a, there, no natural disaster. The saying that God intervened might be less helpful than helpful. This is um, <laughs> at the end of the 19th century. Oh, so there's not much to go on here. It's just. But yeah, but there was no like superstition, anything where it was like, oh, it was a demon that pulled the trigger or. The, the victim, uh, Thomas Myers, was shot. Uh, so McGeehan was accused of, of shooting this guy. The injury actually ended up helping him because he had had knee pain his entire life. He got shot in the knee and he got magically cured. So uh, he got acquitted because it actually ended up being helpful. The victim did die. Oh, okay. He wanted to die anyway. Something's kind of crawling up from the depths of my memory here, which sounds terrible, <laughs> which is that... Did they, like, test the firearm in the courtroom or something like that? I've got a, a weird memory about a story of, of, like, a gun being taken into a courtroom and fired at someone so they could prove it wasn't done that way, something like that? A gun was brought in uh, to, for demonstration purposes, yes. Was it brought into a courtroom or was it brought into, like, this was an early movie set? Uh, there are differing accounts. Some say it was in the courtroom. Some say it was outside of the courtroom. Uh, but there is a reason why, uh, this is a very unique defense that has never been tried again. Oh, okay. Uh, the gun was, was faulty and triggered by itself? That, uh, that was the, the argument that was being made. Yes. So that's, that's the argument that the lawyer Clement Vallandigham was making. And what is the question? The question is... So the, the question is, why was the lawyer's defense successful in um, defending this guy accused of murder? And the argument that he was making was that the victim shot himself. Hold on. So, so the defendant was holding the gun, was pointing it at the victim, but the... <laughs> oh. But the defense was that the victim shot himself. Correct. Correct. So it's, it's not necessarily clear that it was uh, the accused murderer's gun. Oh, the defendant didn't properly store or clean his gun. And so when it was used as a demo, it was his fault that he got shot with it and died? Um, it wasn't the defendant that uh, didn't know how to handle the gun. Uh, but someone else uh, did a really bad job of handling what turned out to be a loaded firearm. They were just cleaning the gun and collaborating on it. Like they were doing something together with the gun that was not the intention of... The, the victim's pet hamster jumped on the gun and accidentally <laughs> yeah. fired the trigger. Um... I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue that... Um, so the victim was shot, but the gun might have been shot later on uh, at a different time uh, by perhaps someone else. Oh, he didn't die of the same gunshot wound. Um, I'd focus more on the lawyer. How, how was he able to create this defense? The lawyer shot him. <laughs> <laughs> the lawyer did not shoot the victim, no. <laughs> the lawyer shot oh. the defendant. And so he didn't shoot the defendant fair. either. The, the lawyer shot the judge <laughs> and just decided, and through some weird technicality in American law, that actually uh, that, that, that settled the... Uh... 
Yes, according to the Second Amendment, if you shoot the judge, then the uh, the defendant yeah. is free to go. You no, can't say that you in are... your authoritative lawyer voice, Devin. Someone will take that out of context. <laughs> You're so close. Who who else is possible to have been shot other than the judge uh, shot I, him? The lawyer shot the judge. Wait, the lawyer shot the judge. The lawyer shot. The I'm victim. drawing the network diagrams in my head, and it's not working. Did anybody get shot in the courtroom? Yes. Huh. Okay. Did the lawyer shoot himself? The lawyer shot himself. <laughs> what? Yes. So it. So Why in the work? process of demonstrating that it was possible that the victim oh. actually was taking the gun out of his own pocket and shot himself and perished, the lawyer Clement Vallandingham was. Uh, trying to demonstrate that this was possible. Yeah, you know, this is in, you know, at the end of the 19th century, so you have, you know, a the you know, one of those Colt revolver sort of things with a hair trigger. And in the process of demonstrating that it was possible the victim in pulling it out shot himself, pulled the gun out, shot himself in the stomach because he didn't know he was dealing with a loaded firearm, uh and as a result of demonstrating that not only was that possible, but it can lead to someone passing away. In this case, the lawyer who died several days later. Uh, the grief. defendant, after several retrials, uh, was acquitted and uh, was was set free. Oh, wow. I can see why this has not been tried again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of those questions where all the all the clues you said makes made sense. And we just had to stumble towards the one connection there. There, there are a lot of people who would like to see lawyers uh, try this defense, um, but sadly, no one else, no one else has done it. <laughs> the answer is that uh, Vallandigham was demonstrating how it might have been the case for Myers to draw his gun from his pocket and accidentally shoot himself in the process and shoot himself in the stomach. Uh, and while Vallandigham was performing this demo, he'd forgotten about his own partially loaded gun, uh, which he'd been using to test things. And when he pulled the gun out, he accidentally squeezed the trigger and shot himself in the stomach, demonstrating that it was indeed possible for the victim to have shot himself. The lawyer perished a few days later. Next question's from me. Here we go. In 1805, the scientist Alexander von Humboldt was working in France. He imported a large number of specially made glass tubes from his native Germany. How did he find a way to avoid the large import duty on scientific equipment? I'll give you that again. In 1805, the scientist Alexander von Humboldt was working in France. He imported a large number of specially made glass tubes from his native Germany. How did he find a way to avoid the large import duty on scientific equipment? He put them in his butt. I'm sorry. Uh, just had to get that out of my system. No, thanks. He, thanks so just, just, just as a as a PSA for people, do not insert glass tubes into your body. Don't don't recommend it. I feel like feel like that's a that's a recipe for disaster there. Um, but I appreciate starting with the lowbrow. That yeah, great start. I, I just needed to get it out of my system. Uh, he stored food in them. And used them as as food storage, or was like, oh, this is just jam. Like we got we got jam in them. They they weren't disguised as anything other than glass tubes. But he didn't like add or subtract stuff. Oh, so he didn't fill the tubes with anything. No. Oh. Although great way of doing it. Uh, and you're sort of along. You're, you're vaguely in the right lines there. there. There's there's clearly some some shenanigans going on, but it wasn't just disguising them as as uh, jam jars. Because then because then you've got to clean a load of stuff. 
How large are these tubes? Um, are these, you know, when you think of like a test vial, you think of like something kind of long and skinny. I think that <laughs> something that might fit in one's behind. <laughs> I, I don't actually have the answer to that here. So you know what? We, we're we're going to say they're about that size, Devin. That, that, that works. That, that would be a okay. valid answer to this question. I was immediately thinking something about electricity or th- something about like a very early computing tool or something. Like we did use glass vials in like early, obviously electricity, but also computing. Yeah, as a bit or a bite. But that seems early. That seems early for it. I will say he did get the manufacturer to seal the ends of the tubes and add a label. But you say he didn't add anything or subtract anything, but there was some sort of yeah, they, disguise. Yeah, they, they, were, they were capped off and labeled, but there was there was nothing. They, they, he didn't like shovel jam into them or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did manage <laughs> to make them look like something else that wouldn't incur import duties. They, they looked, they just looked like glass tubes. Yeah, so, okay, I think the trick is then finding a use that a glass tube would be used for so you could call it something other than scientific equipment, but it's still the same thing. So, like, you know, if you called it fluorescent lights or something. And crucially, like, not import duty. Yeah, so if you're importing any sort of uh, scientific equipment, anything like that, that would get taxed. But if it was in another category, it would not get taxed. So if he said, oh, no, these are uh, g- Christmas ornaments. <laughs> He could yeah. skirt around it. No, they'd, they'd still get taxed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is the justification that they were French already? That he was importing something from Germany that was like not from Germany, and so therefore it wasn't an import? Oh no, definitely, definitely getting colder there. You, 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 you oh, you, oh, you're dancing around the right thing, and there's, there's, there's not much more I can say without getting it, which is frustrating. Um, uh. Air. This is nothing. This is just air. Yes. The facial expression is telling me something. Okay, so there's <laughs> yeah. air in the tubes. <laughs> you're you're very so what did that label say? Uh storage container. Vessel? Cleo, you 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 basically got it. Air. Yeah. The the label said German air, Deutsche Luft. And he claimed that he was importing <laughs> German air into France. Oh wow. Why wouldn't air be subject to an import tax? No one's charging for air. Uh, as the story goes, the customs official said, oh, he's importing air. There's no duty on that. And like the old story of the, you know, the, the story about the guy who was uh, stealing wheelbarrows? No. No, no one's heard that one? That's, it, there's, no, there's an old story about someone who um, every, uh, every evening he uh, leaves the factory with a wheelbarrow full of dirt. And they, they check through the dirt. There's nothing, nothing there. Oh, okay, on you go. No, he's stealing wheelbarrows. It's old story. <laughs> this is the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- th- I mean, they say that that's the reason uh, uh, for the is a hot dog a sandwich controversy is because sandwiches are you know taxed at a different rate than other kinds of foodstuffs. Same with um, cake and bread. And um, uh, Subway Sandwich was running into this problem that their sandwich buns are so high in sugar that they were actually classified as cake, which is taxed at a higher rate than bread. And so Subway was saying, "No, no, no! This this isn't this isn't cake. This is bread." And uh, but they uh, they had to pay uh, an excise tax because of the, the high sugar content. Yeah, there's uh, the 
Yeah, the, the old British version of that is uh, Jaffa Cakes. I don't know if anyone knows what those are. They're like little... Well, according to the tax laws, they are cookies, I think. Uh, I can't remember which way around it goes with like uh, jam in them and chocolate. Covered. But they are labelled as Jaffa Cakes. And one of those is subject to tax and one of those isn't. And there was a long court case about that in the UK, about which, oh, which wow. category they fall into. Scientist Alexander von Humboldt, uh, working in France, imported a large number of specially made glass tubes cheaply by sealing them up and putting on a label that said German air. Our last guest question of the day then comes from Cleo. Whenever you're ready. All right. On the Netflix television show Love is Blind, contestants go on a series of dates where they cannot see the person that they are talking to. Great show. Throughout the program, the producers give participants distinctive gold effect goblets to drink from. Why? Oh. Can I say why? I have a, I have a theory about this. Because in all reality shows, they're always using goblets that you can't see. And I'm thinking it's for continuity. So they never have see-through glasses. Because then if they're jump cutting between different parts of the night, you're going to see the amount of drink jumping up and down. Ding, Is that ding, true? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, wow. man. Okay. <laughs> so, she didn't even all, know I mean, for sure. That was a theory. No, I didn't know for sure. This is great because having watched that show, though I would never admit to that in public, uh, I was really, I, I was wondering why they were using the the opaque uh, glasses. I just no, and I've always was, thought about that. I've been like in yeah. every reality show they have that, and I'm like, it has to fucking do with continuity. Like that's the only ah. reason I can think of. Yes, um, very. So it also is particularly problematic in Love is Blind because they stay in these capsules with each other on either side of an opaque wall for hours. They're in there 24 yeah. seven and they're recording all the time. And you see these people staying like overnight, like chatting with their potential love mate. What do we call this? Person. Um, and uh, yeah, potential partner. And so uh, the producers were worried that they wouldn't be able to jump back and forth to different parts of the conversation to make it make sense. And so the opaque glasses, they also had an additional reason. They were aesthetically helpful to distinguish the series from other shows. There's a creator of Love is Blind told Variety, when you turn on the show, you know it's our show. But that's the secondary reason. Continuity is the first reason. So um, also having watched uh, international versions of Love is Blind, again, I would never admit to that in public. Um, it's... It's wild the differences between the, the American Love is Blind, the Brazilian Love is Blind, and, the, and like the, the Japanese Love is Blind. Our cultures are very different when it comes to these things. And it is shocking how reserved some of these shows are and, and just how out of control crazy the, the other ones are. Is it the U.S. that's out of control crazy or is someone crazier than we are? I think the Brazilians are even crazier than we are. Uh, a friend of mine watches Love Island, which is one of the UK reality shows, and they oh, being yeah, it's a being friend filming. of yours. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and the reason I'm saying a friend is because he ordered one of the water bottles they have because all the contestants get a water bottle, like one of those big, you know, sip straw things with their name yeah. written on the side. And at one point, he just posted on social media, "Got my bottle." It's just you spent you spent like. 20, 30 bucks on, on just a bottle Tom. that with your name outside. It was not me. I'll let you know that Tom, now. I, own, I, own I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Two friends of mine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking uh, for the next episode, instead of being a club of procrastinators or whatever it was, we should be uh, recovering reality show watchers. <laughs> <laughs> 
So at the start of the show, I asked, why does the University of California, Berkeley, have parking spots marked NL reserved? Any ideas from the panel before I give that back to the audience? I mean, given that it's Cal Berkeley, I would think that it's reserved for non-liberals because there aren't (laughs) going to be that many of them. (laughs) It is a two-word phrase. You're absolutely right. It's not that, though. By the way, it's a real shame that Berkeley is no longer the number one public university in the world and that now UCLA is the number one public university in the world wow, I didn't where know that. I may or may not have gone to school. That's just <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. Just going to drop that one in. Um, yeah. No, it is. It, any last guesses? It, it's the kind of person who uh, California Berkeley has, has quite a lot of and they want to honor. Nobel laureate. Correct. Yep, that is yeah. reserved parking for their Nobel laureates. Oh that's my God, Cleo, amazing. MVP. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our show for today. Thank you very much to all the guests. Congratulations on uh, on trekking through that. Uh, Simone, let's start with you. Where can people find you? What do you got going on in your life? At Simone Yetch, uh, inexplicably spelled S-I-M-O-N-E. G-I-E-R-T-Z. Yeah, I'm on all social media platforms, but less and less on Twitter these days. Aren't we all? Devin, how about you? What have you got going on? Uh, You can find me on YouTube at uh, my channel, Legal Eagle. Uh, If you get into some real trouble, you can find me at my law firm. Uh, But I hope everything just stays fine and and you can watch my videos on YouTube. And Cleo. Uh, You can find me at Cleo Abram on every platform uh but the show that i make is called huge if true so if you search cleo abram huge if true you'll find me and if you want to know more about this show or you want to send in an idea for a question you can do that at lateralcast.com we are lateralcast on pretty much everything and there are video highlights every week at youtube.com slash lateralcast thank you very much to simone yetch it's an audio show you need to say something Uh, (laughs) waving my hands waving my hands (laughs) to Devin Stone (laughs) I'll see you in court (laughs) and to Cleo Abram I hope I don't see you in court (laughs) (laughs) and Scott and this has been Lateral (laughs) 